Welcome back, everybody, to Emerald Sports. You know who it is, Brennan Ferber, Carlos Pimentel, like always. For the third installment of our club sports series, uh, this week we have baseball and we have uh, two guys in the building. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? My name's Riley Howard. I'm a uh, left-handed pitcher, fifth-year senior on the uh, University of Oregon club baseball team. What's up, everyone? My name is Daniel Fries. Um, I'm a junior here at Oregon. I'm the vice president of the club team, and I'm a catcher. All right. Well, welcome, guys. How's the term going, by the way? Getting into, like, what, week, week six here? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of my last terms at University of Oregon. That's so. right. Fifth-year senior? Yeah, man, yeah. I, I can't wait to be done, I'll tell you what. You know, it's just kind of that little senioritis, not really having the motivation to do the work, but, you know, having to do it anyways, you know, grinding through it. Just for me personally, I feel like I've been sleepwalking through this term a little bit. I just... After winter term, I was just kind of gassed, and at this uh -huh. point, like I kind of just want the school year to be over. I'm kind of sleepwalking through this term, trying to get, trying to just pass and be done and go on to summer. I'm right there with you, and I, I can't speak for my co-host here, but you know, he's been a little difficult to pin down, so I can only imagine how exhausted he is right now. Yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. A lot of things been going on, but it's spring term, so I figured spring term is the best term to kind of pile everything on right before the summer get myself ready for a nice little vacation sure. hell yeah go out with a bang yeah yeah definitely all right guys well uh let's get right into this let's just get started by uh, getting to know you guys a little bit how long you've been playing ball yeah well i mean i've been pretty much playing baseball my whole life um you know growing up started probably when i was about four years old all the way out through high school uh, had a, had a couple of uh, runs uh, in collegiate baseball. Played baseball at Lane Community College for two years, uh, and then transferred to Western Oregon. But kind of when COVID happened, I said, you know what, I'm done with that, and uh, transferred back to uh, the University of Oregon. And uh, took last year off, so I hadn't played in about a year and a half. And then I decided to come out this fall and try out. You know, said why not? It's about one of my last years that I can actually play competitive baseball. Um, you know, came out, tried out, made the team, and you know, I, the rest is history. It couldn't be couldn't be happier with the results. Um, I've been playing around the same age ever since I was five and played basically all sports as a kid, but baseball was, you know, the one that stuck with me. And it's just crazy to look back at it now as almost a senior, in, as almost a senior in college and just think about like all the, the summers and all like the weekends when I was 12 and 13 years old that I put to baseball. It's just crazy that for me, like in the next year, it's all coming down to an end. But, um, yeah, it's been definitely a huge part of my life, obviously to this point. Yeah, definitely. And I know, uh, Riley, you said you were from Oregon. Daniel, where are you from? Um, I'm from the San Francisco area, about 20 miles south. Of San, San Francisco. Francisco. So did your decision to come to UO, I mean, did baseball factor into that at all? Or was it just all for curriculars and then, hey, I might as well, you know, um, play some ball while I'm at it? Um, it came into play a little bit. I knew I didn't really want to play competi super competitively, and I knew Oregon had a club team, so that was a part of it. Um, for me, I had a sister that went here, so I was kind of... Um, I visited often, and since I visit so often, I think I fell in love with it so early, and I think that was really what ended up for me going here. But um, I would say club ball played a little bit of a role into it. Yeah, um, because you mentioned, like, the competitive level is a little different, I want to ask both of you, like, what is the transition like playing, you know, super competitive all the way up until this point where you're playing club ball? Uh, what is that? What's the difference that you've noticed in between the two? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, uh, you know, being at that, you know, I, I mean, g growing up, you know, playing competitive baseball through, throughout high school, of course, it's a little different than the, uh, the, the collegiate experience. Um, but I'd say definitely moving into more so like club baseball, uh, you, you can kind of tell it's kind of hit or miss. You know, there are they, they're, they're some teams that are, you know, that are studded with dudes. 
um, you know, some true athletes and then other teams that are, you know, kind of more more recreational, you might say. Um, but I'd say that the distinct factor between the two is def- definitely the level of chirpiness, right? We're, we're all, you know, yeah. we're, we, we all have uh, player-led teams, player-coached teams, so there's no, no real person there to kind of ground the team. So the, it, gets a, it gets a little chirpy, it gets a little intense, but, you know, it definitely fuels kind of a, a different competitive atmosphere that, that I think is really unmatched at the club level. Yeah, I, th- I think you just answered my next question for me, but uh, we had women's lacrosse on last week, and it was full player autonomy, mm-hmm. right? Like, no coaches. They did all of the organizing themselves. So is that what you guys do? I know, Daniel, you're the VP. Yeah, um, me and the president, we do everything ourselves. Um, umpires, getting fields for practices, getting fields for games, raising money. Like, it's it's all us. It's, it's wow. like what Riley said with the organization factor. It's definitely different from high school. It's different from anything we've ever done, so... Um, but it's it's something nice to do, and it's something nice to you know throw on your resume and say that you've done before because it is good experience. Okay, and is there any sort of recruiting process to get new players, or do you guys just hold like tryouts, or is it just like if you want to play, you join? Usually, we will host um, one tryout in the beginning of the fall, and this year was a lot of guys. It was about sixty mm. guys, and depending on how many people will come to that tryout, that will dictate if we do a second or third one. Um, down the stretch in the year and since we had so many kids just in that first tryout and since we had such a packed team we didn't hold any other additional tryouts but I remember last year we held about three tryouts just because getting guys out for COVID was kind of kind of rough but it, it all depends on the circumstances. So what's the what's the culture been like um, around the club baseball team throughout the years um, since you've been there um, have you been here since your freshman year I have okay and uh, you this is your first year yeah, on the this, team this is my first year so uh, through the three years that you've been here um, what what has that been like uh, culture wise up to this point I think the culture here and again it's something that Riley definitely hit on a little bit but we want to have fun and of course make memories but we know that once we get on the field we know what everyone else is capable of and that's been all three years I've seen a lot of good players you know come and leave the program already and we hold ourselves to a very high standard on the field so I would definitely say the culture here is you know have your fun make your memories when you're on the field but mostly off the field but when it's time to step in the lines like it's game time and we have you know I don't want to be an ego guy but we our club baseball team has a little bit of a reputation usually for putting out a better team so we just want to do our best to uphold those standards and you know pave the road for the next team ahead of us yeah and I, I think definitely one of the one of the things that sets us apart from other club programs here at the University of Oregon while others might be competitive in a sense um, you, you kind of see maybe from an exterior perspective that club or you know club sports in general it's it's more like intramural you know kind of you know just just for fun you know just to get out there and do something right say you know you participated in something while you're in college but I, I think definitely our club baseball program is, is extremely competitive um, and it is a time commitment and definitely you know y- y- you can see the guys who kind of come out and you know maybe so don't give as much of an effort um, a- a- as opposed to those guys who actually put in the work and, and it really shows on the field um, those guys who who do prepare and do come every game ready to ready to dominate and I think that's that's the one thing about our culture that really isn't matched in any other sport is that we we come every day ready to hungry to get a win right 
hungry to dominate our conference, and and it, and it truly shows on the field. Yeah, well, if you guys don't want to brag, uh, I'll do it for you. I mean, the guys are having an amazing season. They're playing in the National Club Baseball Association uh, Division One in the Northern Pacific. Uh, just to dive into the standings right now, you guys are tied with Oregon State at thirteen and two. Uh, on a 12-game win streak, so congratulations with that. Uh, you have Gonzaga sitting at third at 10 and five. Western Washington five and 10. Eastern Washington four and 11. And then whatever Central Oregon Community College is doing there at 0 and 15. Um, so yeah, you guys are kind of neck and neck. You got close to the World Series last year, but lost to Iowa State. So I was just wondering, kind of, as soon as that ended, you know, the whistle blew on your season. What the mentality was building for this season? Was there a big chip on the shoulder? Um, for me, after that Iowa State loss, um, that was that was a big game. By the way, I think that was we ended up in third place, but that was to go to the championship of you know the World Series. That right. was a lot was on the line, obviously. Um, I don't think, and I believe it to this day. I don't think I bought into club baseball until that day because um, as much as I do take baseball seriously, um, I definitely embraced the club, the fun aspect of it, my first two years not having to be in a position of leadership like I am now. But I remember after that loss, our president at the time, who just put his absolute heart and soul into the team, especially through COVID, like I know he gave 110%. He was breaking down and I'm like, it's tough to see that he put four years of, you know, all of his blood, sweat and tears into the program and we didn't win for him. And that was, for me, I was like, all right, like, the tides kind of shifted a little bit for me. Like, since this is so much player ran, like, you know, you put so much effort into this, and when it doesn't work out your way, even if you go that far, it sucks to see. So I think I could speak for myself and a lot of people that that loss definitely lit a fire under our ass just for ourselves because we hold ourselves to a higher standard and we know we should have won that game, but also just for the people that came before us because there were some people before us that, like I said, would do absolutely anything for us to win, and they still keep in touch with us. They still donate. They still help. Like, I think we're just, for me personally, I'm playing for them. Uh, I I want to touch on, like, uh, more specifically, like, the, the whole aspect of club sports. You know, we had uh, women's lacrosse on, and we had hockey. And what we've been gathering through those two interviews is that um, not only is it student ran, which you guys have both talked on, but also like, you know, you mentioned donors and having to, you know, this is out of pocket. You guys are paying, you guys are paying to play. Um, you guys are, you know, there's not really a whole lot of scholarships and stuff like that. So what, take me through, um, I want to hear about like your VP roles when it comes to, you know, that aspect of like getting donors and getting sponsorship and getting people to recognize what club baseball is like. And then also from your aspect coming in as, you know, your last year and playing on, um, on a club team. Um, for me, you're actually talking to, I'd handle most of the fundraising kind of the other president he didn't want to deal with any of that so I've been dealing with all that it's stressful and like I said it's definitely something I've never done before um, I think it's taken me out of my comfort zone because it's forced me to talk to a lot of local businesses um, I've talked to a lot of people at the EMU we've done a few fundraisers through there um, and also at the same time we had I remember last year with COVID um, since a lot of teams didn't play I, I remember club sports they really helped us fund everything just because they had a lot of leftover money so that helped with us this year, but um, we went on a Vegas trip during spring break that blew about $20,000, so making all that money back was a little bit rough, but um, it's definitely tough because I feel like uh, as much as it is out of our pockets, it also, you know, we ask our parents and family for a lot of support, and for me, um, as much as I know that they're going to donate, that's just hard because I know they already come and support so much. 
that asking them for more money and, you know, more of their effort is kind of makes me a little bit mad. But at the same time, I know that that's what they want for us. And I know that they want us to make memories and have the best for us up here. So um, we definitely do get a lot from our family and friends. And just a shout out to them because they have definitely made this season possible. They've helped out tremendously um, donation wise. Yeah, I mean, and moving on to, uh, to to the question that you asked me, I, I mean, this is, you know, this being my, my last chance to play baseball at a competitive level um, definitely means something to me. You know, I mean, this is the last chance that I can, you know, really use my arm, you know, use my abilities uh, at a competitive level. Um, and, it just, and it just truly means so much because of all, all the time, all the effort and all the work I put into to playing baseball to get where I'm at, to be able to use that one last time. It, it, it's really special. And, and I'm really excited moving on here, you know, going to the playoffs, going to the regionals. You know, we've had a, a couple of grueling losses to some guys that we're going to see um, in, in the regional playoffs this year and just looking, looking to get that revenge, right? You know, we, we dropped a couple to Oregon State really early on in the year that I, I think if we would have played Oregon State at this point, we would have had them in a clean sweep. Uh, dropped two heartbreakers to them uh, and then a team in, in Utah State who, you know, all, in, in all honesty, in my opinion, really is, is not that solid. Right. You know, and, and we, we dropped a game to them in Vegas and, you know, really getting out there and, and really showing them what, what we've got, you know, and, and try to earn a stake into the uh, into the Club Baseball World Series. Yeah, you mentioned Oregon State. And, you know, obviously we hate to give too much credit to our opponents, but I know that baseball is big over there in Corvallis, not just at the club level, but at the collegiate level. You know, they've won World Series. Uh, is there anything that maybe you guys can take from them or any opponents that that they do really well that maybe you've tried to emulate here at, uh, at U of O? Well, well, personally, I, I think especially when it comes down to that series, they just, you know, they did the little things better than us. Right. Um, but uh, but again, moving on to what what we are at this point in the series. I mean, back then, you know, uh, we, we were I think that series we scored five runs, maybe six runs. Uh, and, and now we're coming off of a series where we just scored 30 runs. Um, you know, I, I think our bats are definitely where they need to be, and our pitching has stayed constant the whole entire time. We had really competitive pitching in that series, and we've stayed really competitive on the mound up until this point. So I think the bats are going to set us apart in this next series, hopefully when we come up um, playing them in the regional, and I think that's definitely what's going to you know be the difference maker in that game. Um, Touching on that series, um, not so much taking anything from our opponent, but just, I think, taking something from that series, aside from the fact that we couldn't score, I think, um, I'll speak personally, a few of us, it was intense games, obviously. I think all three games came down to the final pitch. They won two of them on walk-offs. The last one, um, we struck out a guy, I think, with the bases loaded, up one run to end the game. So three, obviously, really intense games. I think if we could take something from that series, it's to be a little bit more composed both within ourselves and just our emotions. We kind of let a lot get to us. We had a player get ejected that series. Um, it was kind of a hectic series, and since it was so early in the year and since we didn't have a lot of games under our belt, it was kind of a lot for us. But I think, as um, Riley touched on, have definitely playing more games under our belt and going back to our winning ways, because that was a stunner for us. We expected to roll through our um, our conference, to be honest. So that Oregon State series, I'm so glad it happened now because I think it opened up a few of our eyes and realized that we need to work a little bit harder to get where we are right now. And, you know, we've known the team that we could be all year, but I think it took a series like Oregon State to slap us across the face and just be like, all right, is that team going to come out? And it took a little while, but it's definitely come out now. 
It definitely definitely helped our culture. I mean, we had a lot. Of, we had, we had a few new guys, uh, maybe who thought that you know we were you know the real deal, you know, and and that that state that Oregon State series definitely did definitely humbled us up, uh, and I think made those younger guys and and new guys like myself kind of realize like, hey, you know, we actually have to you know put in work to you know win these games, and you know it just doesn't come down to. To natural ability I mean you could kind of see that on the field you know it, I think one through nine we we have a more complete lineup than any team you know in this country in my opinion but definitely I think the aspect of, of getting out there every single day prepared ready to win a series not just expecting something um, but but really going out there and and, and and making the outcome what we want and how do you how do you like relay that message on the team because like it seems like from both of you like both of you sound like humbled off of that experience and it's like the leadership is definitely coming out and I can just hear it by the way you guys are talking but how do you spread that across the team to maybe some guys who are like didn't really understand what it's like to you know take a tough loss or to be in the position that they are where you are on a good good team who has been successful through the years how do you uh spread that leadership to the to the guys across the team I think um and I remember clearly after the the third loss. I remember Riley threw that game. He threw a gem, and I think we lost two to one. This basically this exact conversation we had with you, me and Riley, I think had with the team. I definitely said it. I said, you know, um, I know that we're the better team, but we can't walk out here like we're the better team. And I don't really think the message. I know, like I said, Riley said the same exact thing, and it spoke a lot for someone like Riley to say it at the time, especially because he was a new guy, and it was like the second week of the season. But we know that he had so much experience and so much like intensity under his belt that when he said that, I think it definitely opened up a lot of eyes. But um, going back to what I was saying, we both said that after that series, and I don't know if a lot of people took it seriously. I think the emotions of the series kind of took over, but thankfully, I know this sounds weird, but we had a few losses after, and those losses were um, a little bit, some of them hurt a little bit more because one of the teams we really should have beat, and then obviously Utah State, that loss was pretty sloppy too. So I think, if anything, it took more losing for them to get that message. I could have said it all I wanted to. I don't think it really reached out to that many people, but I just think they had to see for themselves, like, hey, we're not going to go you know, 23-0. and We might lose a few games, and we did. And that definitely opened up our eyes, and it made a few people work harder, I can see firsthand. Has it been really freeing to with COVID, you know, kind of coming to an end and some of the restrictions freeing up. I know in regionals and then in the World Series, that was still going on. Uh, it won't be this year. So has that been kind of good for morale a little bit and maybe enjoy it a little more, Riley, going into your last year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can you can kind of see it. I mean, in the in the Vegas series, you know, we're able to go out and do things right as a team. And and I wasn't here last year, so I, I don't really um, know what that experience was like last year. But I'm I'm sure it was a little more restrained uh, in a sense. Of of course, with the with the restrictions with COVID and you know where you could go, who you could play. I know they didn't have a uh, a complete regular season last year, right? I think they only played one series against Oregon State. So definitely this year, being able to get all those games underneath our belts before we actually go and you know go to a regional and and you know, hopefully go to a World Series. I think it's definitely going to help us down the line, you know, having all those games underneath our belt. Um, yeah, he hit it right on the point. This point last year, I think we had two games played before regionals. I think right now we have 20, but um, the ability to obviously travel more as a team, that helped. And I just remember this trip last year, that was our first time traveling as a team because of the circumstances. I remember just how much closer we got and it showed on the field. So I would say that COVID and the camaraderie definitely had a big ass, uh, definitely came into play. And just like 
wearing the mask like in practice like i didn't even see some of these guys faces until this year like simple stuff like that like um i could definitely see it drew us closer together I'm, and i'm so glad it happened too because we would try to get together last year as a team and do stuff but you know we wanted to be safe and we had guys getting COVID, and it never really just came to be And this year obviously we have a lot more freedom and ability to do it and it shows on the field yeah and i think definitely off the field too that's 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 a big part i mean we we do have a, a great group cohesiveness and we do have a lot of off the field bonding situations where we have guys you know going uh, over to other people's houses right having the team over uh, um stuff like that and uh, really just just getting that getting that initial bond and I think definitely speaks on you know our Las Vegas trip being able to get out there with with a with a good group of guys right and and really get to know people and I think that's definitely where I started to um, personally um, open up with some guys and you know previous it was you know you saw them twice during the week and then you'd see them on a weekend but you know getting to spend an entire week with 25 other guys really makes a big difference in how you play. Yeah, the biggest thing is like creating that that bond between each other. Like, you know, it is a club sport. You know, you guys are all doing the same thing together. So creating that bond is is huge, which is like why this relationship is cool because we got a pitcher and a catcher, correct? Mm -hmm. So what is the what is the relationship that you guys have built, especially since it's your you know, your first year, your last year? How did you come in and, you know, create that relationship so that you guys are both on the same page? And what what does that look like going going into that right well I definitely think it's a personality thing you know and, and and of course just like every other natural relationship that happens out in the real world it's personality based right do you actually like the person do you enjoy spending time with them and do you guys get along okay I think that's a great thing with freeze and I especially him being a catcher I need to be able to trust him know that he's gonna be you know calling a great game behind the plate uh, and also I have to have full intent with whatever pitch he's calling of course I can you know you know throw whatever I really wanted to but you know I, I have this innate sense this this trust that's built with with Daniel um, which which brings me more confidence on the mountain ultimately you know elevates my play um, so I, I think I think that especially it, it, that that pitcher catcher um, relationship is, is is extremely important in this in the, in the sport of baseball because I mean pitchers you know that's that's all you do you know you go out there and a, and a lot of our guys we have pitchers only and you know that's that's all you do you get you know once a week you get out there and you get a throw so I, I definitely think that that pitcher catcher uh, relationship is is extremely important um i think that trust definitely goes both ways too i think i think it was riley's second starter maybe third star i think it was oregon state too but um obviously all our catchers we call all the games we call the pitches ourselves and he like pulled me into the dugout and he was like hey let's just work two seam fastball outside inside and we threw maybe nothing but fastballs for four straight innings and it worked but at the time that was one of the first times on club that someone had told me what they wanted to do but I knew that obviously he was someone who's been pitching for a while and I wanted to trust him and it worked out. So I think it's, um, I think he hit it right on the nail with the trust. And he is also one of the guys on the team too. It's like a specific baseball detail, but we have a specific sign for when he wants me to change the pitch or location. So um, it's, it's small stuff like that. I really, I trust that he knows what's working that day because, you know, he is his own person and um I trust that he's going to make the right call. Yeah, and I think especially going back to that game that Freeze mentioned against uh, against Oregon State, you know, as a pitcher, you know, not all your pitches are going to be working every single day, right? You know, you could throw a bullpen midweek, and it could be like, you know, hey, you know, 
my fastball's hitting spots, my curveball's on, you know, my slider's on and my changeup's on. But hey, you get into the game and it's like, you know, I can't locate my slider, my changeup's non-existent, and uh, you know, I just have a fastball curveball. And, and speaking on that Oregon State series and specifically, I had no breaking balls, right? You know, none of none of my stuff was working except for the fastball. And, and you could kind of see it. The first couple, first inning, you know, went by quick. Second inning was rather grueling. I think I walked a couple guys because I couldn't locate the off-speed stuff, and that's when I kind of pulled freeze aside at the end of that inning. I was like, hey, I think I think now we just need to kind of work the fastball, right? We, you know, work around the zone and, and, you know, really try to get some swings and misses. And, I mean, while I wasn't throwing very hard, you know, I, I, I do have some movement, and so I was able to kind of dictate the zone in that sense, you know, and, and, and working place, placement with pitches and whatnot. And I think I only threw that game probably about, mm, I'd say, five or six curveballs. You know, it was it was out of out of 90 pitches, I probably threw, you know, 95% fastballs. So I, I think definitely, you know, being on the same page is, is extremely important. And, and us both listening to each other definitely really helps uh, drive some success. Yeah, well, I got to say from the outside looking in, it looks like it's working. I know, Riley, this was before the Western Washington series, but second on the team in strikeouts with 22. Uh, kind of a question for you. And then, of course, Daniel, you can chime in. Do you think coming from the collegiate level to club, you've been given kind of more freedom to kind of do what you want or maybe even the kind of the team is more tight-knit with no coaches since you guys are doing all the organizing yourself or is it kind of more of the same yeah i'd say it's different in the kind of maybe not so much the expectation aspect because of course you know you're expected to perform you know every time you go out there but i i'd say definitely you know at the collegiate level it's it's a little more you know in wraps you know we're kind of a little more unruly on the field Hmm. uh, when it comes to club baseball um, but I, you know, it, 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 it has its, you know, perks and its drawbacks. I mean, I'd say the number one perk for being able to, you know, say that I, I, I pitched at a collegiate level before coming to club baseball is, you know, that I just had experience, right? I had experience against, you know, maybe better hitters. I mean, so that kind of, I have that under my belt to show, but I mean, realistically, you know, guys in this league can, can put the bat on the ball and I'm not the same pitcher I was back then. I mean, I'm just going to be frankly honest, you know, I've gained a lot of weight since and, uh, but, but, you know, just, just being able to go out there and do my thing, I think really, you know, really speaks for itself. Um, also to just having someone on the team like Riley, who has been playing for longer than a few of us and who has pitched at a higher level. It definitely made it easier on Kelton and I. He's the other manager, but we're both juniors, and, you know, we've been here on the team for as long as some of these players have, and some of these players who were supposed to be, you know, like their manager, they've been here longer than us. So sometimes it's hard to get, you know, the respect of, let's just say, a senior who's been here for four years when Kelton and I have been here for three years. So having Riley here, um, he's definitely a respectable figure amongst pitchers especially, but I know everyone respects him and everyone listens to him too. I know he's given a lot of advice to some of our other pitchers and I know they've really benefited from it. So having him here and having the experience that he's had, I'm I'm so thankful because it's made it so much easier on me and the other president specifically this year. Yeah, uh, just to get into some of the more technical stuff, excuse me, uh, since you guys don't have any coaches barking at you, uh, I was just curious about what kind of your your training regimen is, how often you guys practice, where you practice, where do you guys even play? Is it at PK Park? Um, We we used to play at PK Park before they got uh, Coach Wazikowski there. Um, Once he got there, the rules kind of changed, but we have not really been able to set a steady like home location since we've played at Thurston um, a few times, Thurston High School. We've played at we played at Pleasant Hill High School last week, and then I know before that we used um, 
uh, Hamlin Middle School, I want to say, but we've kind of floated around the area um, as far as our training regimen. So we practice usually on Mondays and Wednesdays. We practice at Willamalane, which is a sports complex, a turfed complex in Springfield. So got to communicate rides and all that. And um, we can't get that field till 8.30 at night. So we actually practice 8.30 to 10.30 wow. twice a week. And then on Tuesdays we hit and that's it. <clears throat> that's our training regimen. Wow. Damn. Under the lights. Yeah. Under the lights. Under the lights. 35 uh, degrees. Yeah. 35 degrees, uh, full-time students. <laughs> yeah, you know it. And, Holy cow. And usually rain. So Usually it, rain, yep. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's spring, um, rained out. Have you had any, like, uh, issues with, like, games getting canceled, postponed? What is that sort of like? Because, you know, it's, it's springtime in, in Oregon, so... Yeah. De- definitely, yeah. I mean, we we de- uh, we had that we had a game uh, against Gonzaga. We had a we had a we had a series where we had a doubleheader on Saturday, single nine on Sunday, um, and that nine on Sunday got rained out. But you know, that's really the only I'd say I'd say the only uh, hindrance with the rain. We've been kind of fortunate that we've had some you know clear weekends where we've been playing. Now we don't we don't play every single weekend, but yeah, definitely. I, I mean, especially this this spring's one of the more uh, damp, wet, you know, cold springs that we've had in, in, in quite a long time. Um, so I, I think that definitely plays into it a lot. And definitely during the week, I mean, you know, no, no one wants to no one wants to get out there at, you know, 830 at night when it's like, you know, sub 40 degrees and, you know, raining sideways and, and go play baseball. But I think we just kind of have a special group of guys that, you know, really just want to get after it. Right. They want to be on the field. They, they love the sport of baseball and they're, and they're really committed to the program. And, and, and it speaks a lot, you know, that we're out there, you know, every Monday, Wednesday getting work in. Um, I was going to what was I going to touch on? What did you say? Something about the, the weather. Yeah, we've gotten honestly really lucky that we've just gotten that one Gonzaga game canceled. It was kind of unfortunate that we weren't able to make it up. They didn't really want to make the drive back down. I wouldn't want to either, but um, I would say the weather's definitely hindered our practices more. We've had some damp practices, and it's tough to be as intense and get as good of a practice as you want to, obviously, when it's raining. But um, like Riley said, we just have, thankfully, a unique and special group of guys who... um, you know, want to get after it still in the rain. And I think at this point, too, because we do have a lot of upperclassmen, the rain and the weather isn't really a factor for us anymore. We expect it to rain. We expect it to be ugly weather. I mean, we chose Oregon for a reason. And our fields are turfed that we practice on. So I say there's no excuse, and I firmly believe that sometimes because, um, you know, what's what's a little bit of rain? It's, it's baseball. We should be playing in the rain, in my opinion. It's the only sport that really doesn't play in the rain. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> let me shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the, uh, the culture. Uh, because when we had hockey on, it came up that the Seattle Kraken <clears throat> come in and did a lot for kind of awareness for the sport in the area. And that's really not a thing with baseball. You know, the, I mean, the nearest team is what the Mariners. And you guys have had a lot of people come up from Cal where it's religion down there, Dodgers, you know, angels. Uh, so has a culture here uh, been something that's been a little difficult to build? I, you, you know, for the most part, I, th- I think baseball is pretty prevalent in every every uh, demographic America's past yeah every (laughs) geographical location Um, but I I think me specifically being from Oregon uh, maybe might not be you know on the forefront of everybody's brains right we're we're very uh, football and and soccer oriented here and in Oregon specifically 
Um, but I definitely think, you know, th- th- there, there's a lot of turning. I mean, you know, Oregon State's had some great success with baseball. So we, we have a lot of Oregon State baseball fans, not as many, you know, University of Oregon baseball fans. But I, I definitely think the culture's turning, and especially with the, with the program that Mark Wasikowski, uh, you know, on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the Division One level is kind of building around here. I think we're, tr- we're starting to get that uplift in culture, um, especially rooted towards baseball. And, and their program's been having a lot of success as of recent, so it makes it a lot more enjoyable to watch too um but i yeah i i would say i would say baseball's you know not so much as you know maybe lacrosse or hockey where there's not as much of a demographic here in in the northwest um but 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 baseball's definitely on the up and coming i would say too as much as you know everyone hates the beavers here the beavers being so good and the beavers winning a few years ago for the state of oregon i think that helped tremendously and I know just on our team, last year we had two guys from Corvallis. Now it's only one because one of them graduated. But I know that his favorite player to this day is still an Oregon State Beaver, even though he's a duck, even though he goes to Oregon. And um, so even though, you know, like baseball may, baseball may not be more well-known in Oregon, I definitely do think that there's still its parts where it's relevant. I think our guys are from Corvallis and Portland. So two of the bigger cities, and, you know, they're going to play baseball in any big city. So... I don't think that the lack of baseball in the Pacific Northwest has played too big of a factor into it because I still think the guys from this area have the same drive and dedication to get better as the ones in California. Yeah, it's it's huge. Uh, I know um, I have a, a few friends who go to Oregon State, and so it's like that's that's you know their culture, and they've they've built that culture, which is great. It's great for the sport, um, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, hockey because that was one of the things is like. The club hockey team is they're just trying to grow the sport as a whole in the Northwest. You know, baseball is pretty, pretty uh, big, especially, you know, with Oregon State in the area. Um, but like what what are you guys trying to do like to grow um, the club scene? Um, what can like, you know, listeners do or like, you know, where where can they come out? What's what's the the, the next few weeks slash months looking like for you guys going forward? Plug time, baby. Plug all you need. Yeah, pl- plug everything you need. This is the, the mic time. is yours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely follow us on all social media. Uh, you know, I think Twitter and Instagram. It's UO Club, Club Baseball, and then uh, we have a newly instated TikTok account, Oregon Club Baseball. Go ahead and check us out there. Um, as opposed to games, the rest of this year, unfortunately, we're not going to be playing anymore here in Oregon or in Washington. So um, we're going to be out in Boise. I believe those might be live streamed. You can definitely follow um, both of our accounts on. Uh, Twitter and Instagram for more information on that. Um, but yeah, definitely tuning in, uh, supporting us. Uh, you know, if if you are so inclined to donate, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and all of donations are tax deductible. So go ahead and shoot us a, shoot us a little bit of money if you're feeling inclined. Uh, definitely help grow our program and support these guys who come in and work day in and day out. Yeah, um, I would say the biggest thing for these next few weeks is just watching. Um, I think the, the live stream they're talking about Game Changer does cost money. So we're going to look, especially for these important games, we, uh, we live streamed a lot on Instagram last year. And then when we made it to the World Series, I remember they had a Facebook stream. So um, I would say just watch. I think that's the easiest way to kind of tune in and get a gauge of what we're about. And it's the most low effort thing. So um, we can give you guys more information or even post more information ourselves about how to be um, more you know, in tune to our games. Cause Absolutely. Please do. Um, 
yeah, Riley, I know you got to get going, so we'll start to kind of, or sorry, Daniel, uh, so we'll start to wrap this up a little bit. But regionals are coming up after that, the World Series, which is in South Carolina this year. A uh, lot of East Coast teams, especially last year, I would assume again this year, uh, i.e., you know, Virginia Tech, Iowa. Um, so playing in the, the Northern Pacific, I know Central Oregon Community College isn't really a gauntlet, I would say. Um, so is the increased level in competition something that you guys have kind of been talking about that you're prepared for? Um, or do you think the Northwest has, I don't want to say crippled you, but uh, definitely been an easier path? Well, I, I definitely think, uh, speaking back, you know, I know I'm being a dead horse, but back to our, our Las Vegas tournament that we had, we played two teams. We played UC Santa Barbara and we played Colorado. Those are going to be two um Two two great teams, as well as Utah State. So I think seeing some competition that's maybe a little bit out of our geographical location kind of has definitely helped, um, you know, the, the culture around, you know, playing more competitive teams. And especially Oregon State being better than they were in previous years definitely helps as well. Um, but but I really think the, the group of guys that we got really can go up against any lineup or, you know, any roster that's, you know, in this country and, and compete and win baseball games. Yeah, um, if I'm going to be honest, I, the, the level of competition in our league probably isn't as good as the ones as some of these East Coast and Midwest teams are facing. I know also a lot of those teams, because of weather, they play a lot in the fall too. So some of these teams play like twice as much as us. But um, I think when it all comes down to it, I think we will be just as prepared as these other teams just because we do have a full season under our belt. That was definitely a lot more of a factor last year when some of these teams we were playing, like Nebraska and Iowa State, had like 20 games and we were on game seven. So um, even though we didn't play, I would say the best competition that we could have, still getting out there and playing, you know, three games a weekend, like that's still going to do enough for you. I still think we'll be just as prepared, if not more, than any other team in the country. Just uh, one last question for both of you guys. Sorry, um, but sorry to keep you keep you here. But uh, uh, plans um, after the season? Uh, you're about to graduate. Um, you're still going. Um, just just what do you guys got going on once you once you finish up the season and uh, what's career or life looking like going forward? Um, yeah, so I'm gonna have one more year here, hopefully at the University of Oregon after the season. But just as far as more short short term, I'm looking forward to staying here for the summer, kind of relaxing a little bit more. Um, I'll be working for the Eugene Emeralds and a few other places, but looking forward to being done with school and also looking forward to kind of do more in my profession, in my major, which is journalism, just like you guys. Shouts out. Yeah. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to in the near future. It's not as exciting as graduating, but it is what it is. Yeah, for, for me, definitely graduating here in the next term is, is something I've been looking forward to for a while. You know, I, I can't say I'm very fond of school. I enjoy my experiences that I've had. I've got a month left here in Eugene. So, but after that, going back up to Portland, you know, hopefully got an internship lined up here uh, in, in the next coming weeks. Um, so getting rolling on that and starting my professional career, but definitely staying in touch with baseball, you know, big Red Sox guy. So, so watching some MLB that will definitely be on my to-do list, supporting the Ducks, you know, big U baseball guy so uh, I, th I think that's that those are my plans for the coming months excellent sounds busy but i yeah. love it yeah. <laughs> well thank you guys so much for for coming Absolutely. on yeah, and joining us, for having us uh, of course um as always uh follow their socials um check them out uh club baseball they're hot right now so now's the time to to tap in if you hop have on it. the bandwagon everybody oh <laughs>